I'm digging deep for the funny this week, bro. I need you to uh, I need you to lift me in spirit. Let's see what I can do, man. You're obviously here for the number one mixtape podcast on the internet. Bro, are we, yeah. we fried beans supposed to tune to the toilet like this? Welcome to the Dip in Butter program with Kat and Wes. Figure out what you can figure out when you can figure it out, nigga. Just be here. All right, bro, get ready to do this podcast with my nigga, dog. Let's do it. Welcome to the, oh, God, that was my, welcome to the Dipped in Butter program. Good morning. Good evening. Happy Tuesday. Happy Friday. Happy two weeks from now. Whenever it is that you happen to get around to listening to this podcast, we appreciate having you here. We are happy to be here. This is the number one mixtape podcast out there on the internet. We say that because Kevin McCray told us that. It ain't got nothing to do with the numbers, but fuck them numbers, dog. Y'all fuck with us and we fuck with y'all. And that is two fucks at the top of the show. Across from me, that's my goddess, your goddess, Forever Young 89. That's the motherfucking goddamn glue around here. That's our motherfucking friend. His name is correctly spelled W-E-S with no T. Or if you want to spell the whole thing out, you're going to have to look that up on the socials because we're not going to spill all of that here because we don't know who's stealing identities around here. But I digress. That's our guy, Wes. What's going on, my guy? Um, I don't even know, man. I ain't even gonna lie to you. You asked me what was going on. I feel like I don't have a single clue right. as to what's going on, but I'm I'm here to do the thing that we do. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll just get in anything else that I have on the top of my brain if if we do when we get there. Um, but not to digress into that bullshit about me. Um, with my guy across from me with the hottest takes in the United States, that is Cat K with two T's on the end of that thing. You can catch my man at catandcrunch.com or you can dip into the serial shit, which is actually pretty impressive that you haven't just deleted that shit at this point uh, because of your lifestyle change. But, you know, entertainment is entertainment. It lives on the internet forever. Somebody got it, even if you take it down, I'm sure. So, fuck it. Um, <clears throat> you can also catch my guy over on uh, YouTube.com slash Dipped and Butter Program where whatever. Um but you can also catch my guy, most and more importantly, uh, here each and every Tuesday, whichever day is pod day in your life on the Dipped and Butter program, wherever podcasts are placed. Uh, my nigga, your nigga, and our nigga. What's popping? I don't like helping people in need. <laughs> okay. Tell <laughs> me about wanna, it. Can Tell we start there? Yeah, we can. I want to start here. Usually I wait until like halfway or 60% into the show to even go anywhere that might be remotely dicey when it comes to my personal life <laughs> living situation or more and most importantly anything that has to do with like my wife or her personal business okay but on today's episode 149 i want to start with danger i want to talk shit about my wife at the very top of the show this is, is that okay with you i mean i'm i'm gonna you know i'm gonna walk beside you next to the fire i don't know if that's okay with her but we'll find out here in a couple of weeks when she i'll, I'll walk beside you in the fire and i'll pull you out if i need to pull me out if you need to I don't like helping others in need. And I say that because, first of all, let me ask you. You're a grown man. You have a family, a household, and people that live in there outside of yourself and the person that you like to have sex with. (laughs) Meaning you have a full-fledged family. When you have a full-fledged family, you tend to naturally collect a lot of things. No? Like, I just just think... That more times than not, you just existing, you'll look up one day and you'll have, I got a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and for me personally, I don't know if everybody else lives their life this way, but for me personally, the way my mind works when I think about just random shit, I always think about it from like 13 year old cat's perspective. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes I'll be laying in the bed in the middle of watching a show and a commercial break will come on. And then I'll be like, <gasps> 
I'm a grown adult with responsibilities. And if I don't pay bills, then they'll come take all of this shit. Like, it'll just hit me. It all rushes down on you all of a sudden. Yeah, like, like, I swear, it's like a mini little panic attack that washes over me when I look around like, oh, my God, I'm responsible for everything. Oh, my God. It's a little bit. Do you ever have that? Oh, yeah. I'm actually being an adult. Like, oh, shit. Like, there's people that depend on me. This is kind of fucking nuts. And this is me. Like, (laughs) not to even get into that, bro, but it's so crazy, right? When we did the virtual baby shower thing last week, my mom offered up a section for people, you know, like, give advice and words of encouragement and shit, fam. And, like, most of the motherfuckers on there started with... I'm just so proud of the man that you are today and you've come a long way. But like, and it's cool when you hear that from a couple people. Sure. But once we got to like the sixth and the seventh person, like, and they okay, kept saying what did y'all it. think I was going to be? <laughs> I looked at my wife. I said, babe, I got to reevaluate. Who the fuck was I before? I, apparently you are the catalyst that made me better, which I agree with wholeheartedly. But who the fuck did they think I was? I want one of my relatives to draw my trajectory as they saw it in their mind. Like, can you, can I hand you a and green like, crayon and a piece of paper and you just and write like, what you thought I was yeah. going to do? Yeah. And like, I had to sit back and analyze it. And I was like, I think a lot of that comes from anybody who knows my mother. I think a lot of people look at me as my mother's child. And that's uh, a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, my mom is goofy as hell. She's silly. I am like the spawn of her when it comes to that and probably even worse than she is. So I, I, I think people didn't think I was going to be in the position that I'm in right now. Like not to get into you too many details, right. but like being 33 and having a wife and kid, like, I don't think anybody saw this for me, at least not for a while. So the fact that I'm like fully like living in it and you know what I'm saying? Doing that shit. I think it, that's the shock. To, they're not shocked that I'm doing it. I think they're just shocked that I'm like really doing it. And it's like, like, the, <laughs> like we thought that you might do it, but you do yeah, it. On but purpose. Like, nah, like we thought yeah, this was going like, to happen to you. Yeah. You like really out here doing it. So to say all of that, like, yes, you do have those moments where you'd be like, damn, I really, I really kind of did this. Yeah. Like, you got to really, look at, uh, I'm that nigga for we, real. We so falling like, apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. And, it, and it's funny. I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast before or who I've told this to, but I was having a conversation with my brother one day, just jokingly. We was just kicking the shit around, reminiscing and shit. And I was like, I told my brother, I was like, y'all, I'm pretty sure you and all my older cousins cousins probably thought like, not that I wasn't going to be shit, but like, I'm sure none of y'all saw a family and kids and a wife and all of that in my future because I'm the nigga that sat in the basement with the air conditioning and ate Donato's pizza from Friday night to Sunday night until I went to school again on Monday. Like I ain't talking to no bitches. Like I didn't, I went out there doing no cool shit. Mm-hmm. Like I just sat up underneath my grandmother all the time and just like got babied and spoiled my entire life. So right. I'm sure as y'all was going in and out of the house, looking at the way I behaved as a teen, like this nigga ain't going to be shit. Like he's just never mm-hmm. going to get off his ass and go do nothing ever in life. And I was like, I was jokingly saying it, not even like trying to press my brother on the low, but I was just like, I could see how you would think that. Like, I could totally see how y'all would get that impression. Thought but, y'all like, because sometimes I'm surprised that I did it. Thought your I'm ass was going to live in grandma's basement forever. Forever. So forever. I said that to say, let me circle back around because I'm sure y'all are waiting with bated breath as to why I'm dissing <laughs> my wife at the top of the show. Um, you accumulate things as an adult when you have a family, particularly like one McDonald's toy becomes four McDonald's toys, becomes mm-hmm. a box full of Disney princess dresses, <clears throat> becomes a bunch of uh, graphic t-shirts that you bought from Walmart and you swore you were going to wear that Nirvana shirt 
so many times, but you wore it like twice and then realize you were too old for it. And you accumulate shit. And then eventually you clean up and you put shit in trash bags. Go ahead. You look yeah. like you have something. Be, yeah, because you say things and you try to fly right by them and they're underrated. <laughs> That's what I, I do. don't. But yeah, bro. But like you say things that like take me right back to the real nigga moment that I had standing in front of the graphic tees at Kohl's like. It's so hard to turn down graphic <laughs> tees. Like we, something, something about when you turn, like when you go past 35 and you're in Walmart or Target or Kohl's and you walk past the clothes and just the right Super Mario Brother t-shirt hits yeah, you just right in the I'm light. Not, you're like, I want that. I'm not going to cap. Target got a fire like screen T, you know, graphic T section. Like you can go get you some fire out of Target. But I also feel like as an adult looking for a 2X graphic T, those <laughs> that so combination, good. that formula it just doesn't work. Good. You know, It don't feel good at all. And then like trying to talk <laughs> yourself into buying the extra large because you really like this shirt is a wild conversation. Bro, I swear to God, I, I went to Kohl's one day. I had like six of them motherfuckers because you know it's always a deal on the graphic tees right of course six of them joints in my r&b and like i had like three four two x's and two x and i was just like fam this is the dumbest shit i think i might have i've been trying to convince myself to get rid of all my graphic tees for a while now like yeah and then as i like as i get some of them out of my question like i just threw out (laughs) A dope Barack Obama, like when Barack Obama was young, and there's that picture of him like smoking a joint with a hat yeah, on. Yeah, I had it. I wore go. it once, and I was, I got it. I'm too old for this shit, so I'm, I'm getting rid of them. Or, but Wes, as I'm getting rid of them, every time I go to Walmart, I see more that I want. Yeah, like, but see, I'm saying this on the podcast on record right now. But if I was to go to Walmart tomorrow and they had like a Carl Thomas emotional graphic tee, I can't tell you I wouldn't put it in the basket. Like I would put it in the basket. I, I think you almost got to start treating graphic tees like um how niggas used to treat white tees back in the day. You got to buy it for the purpose. Like, find the tee that you want, especially if, if it got a thick enough collar on it, if your sleeves is fitting like they want them to. Like, find it for your outfit for the function. Like, if you go into the rib fest and you find the Star Wars graphic tee that just happens to go with your Army Fatigue shorts and your black and white Jordan 13s, <laughs> like... Go for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but after that, you should probably put it away, fam. And like to your credit, like it's so funny that we're having this conversation. And I didn't even think to like write this day because it just be shit that just be happening. This is why think, it's so fun. Doing I don't even think about like talking about I'm terrible when, when I think about it in actuality, but I literally just like went through all of my clothes the other day and pretty much anything that was extra large got the boot. Like, nah, fam, we not. Go. And you know, it just is what it is. Like, we just gotta, you know what I'm saying, find find what's tailored to me and you know, make, make it fit how I want to fit, but like I literally had to like redo my drawers in my closet. Like I had to put all the shit in the closet that I consider like, all right, this is the shit that when I say I'm about to get dressed, like this is rotation. I'm going to get dressed. But all the bullshit tees have now landed in the drawer, and there's like a division in the drawer. There's like, yo, this line right here, I could wear outside if I wanted to, if I'm getting dressed. <laughs> but these other two little rows in here, like these are the strictly in the house bullshit tees. These like, t-shirts the are for when I need to get underneath the car. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Or just in my everyday rotate. Because you're like, no, I am, bro. I might not leave the house for three or four days, G. So, like, this is, we getting them out of that drawer because I'm not about to leave the house. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's so that's so funny that you be, you just be having to have these moments with yourself. And I just think that goes probably because, again, like, most of the guys just had to toss some tees out. Like, fam, I love it, but this ain't, I, I can't go back to doing this. Yeah, it, you got to part with the tees and, like, you get to a certain age where, Let's be real, bro. Like you look like grown ass with a beard, Bart Simpson walking around with your wife and children with a shirt that says "Don't have a cow," bro. Like 
And even though nobody actually has a shirt that says don't have a cow, let's be honest with each other. Every graphic tee that you have that thinks that you think is so fucking cool because it represents something you like, they all basically say don't have a cow, man. No, like, they, I yeah. don't give a fuck if it's a Joe Button podcast tee or a fucking, oh, it's Mario, but he's got sagging pants and his hat to the back. They all say don't have a cow, man. And yeah. you look like a fucking fool as a grown ass man walking down a cereal aisle holding your kids' hands with that t-shirt. Or I, at least that's how I feel. So I have to get them out of my collection. And a, and, a, and a part of that for me is like I've I, I don't you know Arizona and the, and the temperature here contributes to that, bro. But like I'm kind of moving into the regular everyday, like still you know what I'm saying regular T-shirt. But like I I gotta have like some moisture wick out here or some dry fit, fam. You know what I'm saying? But like just like com- I'm already a uh, comfort over designer ass nigga, anyways. For real, for all that should be stiff as hell and like. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere important enough to be putting all that shit on no more for real, for real, dog. Like wherever you I'm going, to put that shit on. I mean, I, if I, I'm, it's a different type of shit though that I'm considering. That <laughs> day. Like, I'm not running to the Dior store. I'm not running to get in line at you know Gucci or Louis to you know, give them my, my best drink. joggers. Like, I mean, maybe not the joggers neither, but like if I'm gonna put that shit on, I'm, you know, what I'm saying it's gonna be something that's you know in my comfort in my style. But like, it is what it is. So in, in circling back around, because I know y'all are still waiting, like we were doing that. We're getting rid of shit. My wife was getting rid of shit. We bagging shit up, putting them in the trash bags, tying them extra tight because, you know, you ain't never got to look in there again type shit. Uh-huh. And here's where my issue comes. In. Me, I walk all that shit straight to the dumpster, lift the lid, slam dunking in there, slam the lid. Boom. So the whole fucking apartment <laughs> complex can hear what just happened. And walk back in the crib, but not my wife. My wife is real big on, I'm taking this to the Goodwill. Or back home, they used to have a thing where you could like, I don't know if you would call or email, and then they would come pick your shit up. Yeah, You could just literally sit it out on the porch. Yeah, and they would like pick your shit up and leave you like a tax slip, and you could like claim your donation on your taxes. Mm -hmm. And she was big on that. And she likes to help people and do the right thing, which me, I don't want to help people or do the right thing. But here's my problem with it. When she says she's going to send it or donate it to take it by the thrift shop, me and my son both look at each other because I always tax my son when I see big garbage bags in the house. I go, why haven't you taken that out? So I was pressing right. like, bro, you took all them trash bags and left the biggest fucking trash bag in there? And he was like, no, mommy says she's going to take that to the Salvation Army. And I was like, you motherfucker. So now I'm here to talk shit on my wife on the podcast because okay. now as I'm recording this, it's day four of it sitting there. Okay. But it would just be my luck that we would wrap the podcast and she probably would get in the car and take it as I'm talking. But I do want to talk a little bit of shit because I love my wife to death and these are just jokes. But she has the purest of intentions when she does these things. But sometimes the bag just kind of sits. Now, how much trouble am I talking myself into? Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think a ton. I just think it speaks to, um, how much more submissive men are in relationships. Cause we'll just let I, it go. Right. We'll let it go. Even though it burns the fuck up out of me, like same mm-hmm. situation. Like there's like what, whatever little 
stash of clothes out here in the hallway that's supposed to go wherever it's supposed to go. I just keep checking on it like, hey, what's trash? These are still the ones? Okay, none of the rest of those over there? All right, cool, 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 cool. Okay, cool. so I'm you're not going to let me be trash. alone in this. You're going to go ahead and jump <laughs> in there and Yeah, and I'll jump in there with you. And like, That's awesome. I, I believe at one point in time, like some of it was supposed to go somewhere and we went there and we forgot to take it. Now, I didn't so now know still the here. time that we were supposed to take it and that was like far where we had went. It was like we were supposed to give them to somebody who does like a thing and we forgot and you ain't gonna to be take there again it. For a while. And we ain't probably never you know what i'm saying so <laughs> here's my question because y'all got like a garage how are you scared to take them to the garage because if you feel like if you take them to the garage and say well we'll just put them here for now until we go again once they get to the garage uh, they're never going to make it to the my garage. garage is not a storage unit i don't, don't play, play that, that over here at my house yeah no 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 we have jim equipment in the you know set up in the garage like you know what i'm saying like we that's the main like entry and exit in and out of the house. You know what I'm saying? So it got to be not like, have this. Yeah. Man. The most annoying shit in the garage is the fucking uh, flower petals from the overgrown ass bush outside that just blow into my garage all goddamn day. So it's covered with flower petals. But like, nah, you can like move in and out of my garage. And this is not a Do y'all put the car in the garage. Nah, 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 nah. Once, once Why we got don't the, niggas um, put cars in the garage. Well, um, <laughs> for, for several reasons. So we used to. Um, we used to, and I don't want to say that the garage is small, but I feel like back home we just had bigger for whatever reason. I don't you know. feel like once you put a car in there, you squeeze out enough, into the yeah, crib and then there's not no, enough, no other room. There's not enough space. And then, like I said, we got the gym equipment that takes up one half of the garage. So you would have to like squeeze, you know what I'm saying? The car in there. And then we got the truck and I don't even think the truck fits in the garage. I haven't even tried ever since we got it. Not even I just do don't it. think it fits like not even. Height wise, length wise, I just don't think or it's going to be a tight squeeze and there's no point in putting the truck in there. And then, you know, I'm always on safety and security. So when we have one car like, nah, leave that motherfucker outside. I need somebody to know his people at the crib. Like, don't don't let this car in the garage shit fool you. Like, I don't even want nobody to get happy thinking they can come test my address. Go ahead and leave that car outside. So, like, now they just be sitting outside and shit. It's not a the, the only thing that's out there that probably doesn't belong out there, but it's fine being out there right now is baby stuff. Because you know what I'm saying? That shit's coming in the house. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And we got it so long ago, there was really nowhere to put it, no need to put it together and none of that shit. So that's where it's been sitting. And like the only other thing that really sits out in my garage is like boxes that I need to break down for like trash day. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And then when trash day comes, then bitches is out of there. Like, I don't play that shit, bro. Like I, I like the I toss people, shit, bro. Like I hate I, people that have garages and don't like use them properly or like use right. them as storage. Like, fam, you just got a whole bunch of shit in here. Like, <laughs> like out, do shout, you know what any bro, of this is? Shout out to Bernie. Like I used to hate that shit you know it's like bro like you have this huge ass garage and it's just full of shit and you can't even put <laughs> one car in here like this is fucking nuts but whatever but i think it's okay to judge a little bit bro like all of that shit is it's interesting to me and it's like getting back to the whole like helping people in need and i don't want to do a thing it doesn't just extend to like me coming on here to complain about you know my wife's gentle habits but it's just like we talked about before when, you know, you're at the fucking pizza place and they spin the iPad around and ask you if you want to tip. And it's like, well, you are still going to just do a 180 and grab the box and hand it to me, right? Like, you're not walking into my car. And I don't want to do that either. I don't want to hand a couple of dollars to the guy in Santa Fe. There's a guy in Santa Like, Santa Fe is just riddled with, like, panhandling and different types of bums and beggars and skeevy uh-huh. human beings. And it's so crazy out there to the point where it's like they get creative in a cartoonish way. Like when I describe this to you, it's going to sound like I'm lying for content, but this is how much panhandling happens out here in New Mexico. Like you'll drive past a couple of people that are be your stereotypical. I've done too many drugs and I need help. 
I need a couple of dollars because I'm sick. And then once you pass at least six to 10 of those, then you'll start seeing creative ones. Like I passed one guy that was panhandling that had like a fedora and his hook was like, as he approached the car, he would like old fashioned style, like tip his fedora to you. And I could see that it was working on cars. Like, man, it's just so refreshing to see somebody that's a gentleman. And I'm like, but he still has on hobo gloves with the fingers cut out. And me, tipping your hat does not make me want to reach for my yeah, ashtray. That's that's definitely not a performance. Let me ask you though, just on a on a grander scale, when it comes Please. to that, how do you feel about panhandling? I, and like, let me <laughs> let me preface this by saying, like, you told your story, and I found myself over here going, "Wow, that must be nice to see six or ten different people who are begging for your money <laughs> versus the, the same, same bitch who just be begging for my goddamn money all the time." Well, I will give it to New Mexico. Like, they have some colorful panhandling out here because you'll see fedora man with finger gloves. You'll see regular bum with a miniature dog with an umbrella hat on. Like the dog has an umbrella hat on. You'll see like there's a lot of little people out here. Like I know you can't say the M word, but like little people, like actual medically little people that are also on drugs asking for change. You'll see a little bit of everything. You'll see some. Bro, I've seen so much panhandling out here. I've seen some panhandlers with clean shoes. Like, I mean, this if you is what I'm saying, me bro. for change yeah. at the stoplight, at yeah. least dirty like, up your case with you. Gotta, you gotta look the part. And I feel like I'm even like slightly biased, and I don't even know which way, but like, we come from the home of Ted the Golden Voice Williams. You know what I'm saying, fam? Man. Like, that nigga was off the exit at uh 71 and Weber Road. Like, that's Get you know in. what I'm saying? Like, niggas know where that's at, and like. I feel like you need to be that level of panic. Like you need to amaze the fuck out of me at the light in order for me. I to want help a show. You. I'm not gonna lie. That might right. sound gross, and, but and I want you to do saying. a show. And like not and not for nothing. Like there's just a lot to say behind it. I'm, I, re- I really want to get your answer behind the panhandling shit too, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's like some respect and truth about begging. You know what I'm saying? Like you say, you run into some of the people that's just like, I want beer. Like. Will work for food, you know what I'm saying? You get some of those stereotypical ones. But like I say, fam, I've been living out here almost three years. And I've seen this bitch on the corner all three years, like a, a lot of days out of the week. And like, Are you it, made me, up yet? it made me mad yesterday. I rolled past there and she was out there. And like, I wish like, you know, you could probably picture, you know, the, the picture is like a circus clown with the sad, sad, sad face. He'd be like mm-hmm. smoking a cigar with the hat. That's what this bitch looked like in the face, dog. Like, <laughs> That's how she be looking on the corner. And it's like, bro, why are you out here looking sad? But like, you got on new clean ass clothes. Like, sis, like. I don't, I don't want you a new Yeah, clothes. and like, we already know, fam, for a 100% fact, this babe is not homeless. And I don't even believe her science says anything about being homeless. It just says <laughs> something about, you know, and which, uh, all right, you know, to truth to power, whatever the case may be. But like, again, you got an incredible resume that you can stand on a corner for multiple hours, multiple you've shown days that you're a dedi- week. You are dedicated. And I've told you the bitch got like elephant elephant ankles. You know what I'm saying? But like <laughs> you stand for a lot of hours in high temperatures. You uh-huh. can't tell me there's not somebody willing to hire you. but To pay like, you to stand at the yeah. front of their... Like you can stand in front of a Boost Mobile and just make sure nobody steals. Like she, I feel like she's stop a, anybody. Anyway, I feel like she's a great. It. I feel like she's a great candidate for like somebody spinning the signs on the corner. Like you got to get a little bit of skill. You got to get a little have bit you more seen movement. Her arms work though is the question. Other than holding the sign, holding that fucking sign, sure that's enough for me. Work? That's that's enough for me. If you can hold that sign the way she be holding that sign for as long as she be holding that sign, you would understand she got all the power that she need. But like again, like how in the in the grand scheme of things, like <laughs> how do you feel about panhandling? 
See, for, for me, I know I'm sick, right? And I know that what I'm probably asking is probably too much. But I'm just going to be honest with you and our listenership. If I was in Santa Fe or Albuquerque or Española or any of the major panhandling destinations out here in New Mexico, if I pulled up to a stoplight and a nigga reached in his trench coat and pulled out two sock puppets and started like puppeteering right there at the light, swear to God I would get my wallet out. Like if he started puppeteering, I would be so pleased and impressed that I would reach down and dig the deepest into my change purse and give him whatever I had. But I don't want you to like just sit there and sadly like hold your ill. Sometimes I even judge that their choices for signs. Like, I if if your sign is too clean, then I look at you away too. Like you need to have a little bit of oil stain on oh, your sign. Man. There was a there was a babe out here at the Walmart. You could tell she had just went into Walmart and bought a poster board. Like not even I want to see pizza niggas. grease on your sign. Like if <laughs> if went. I can't read a little bit of it because it's too greasy, then that's correct. Like I don't yeah. want to be able to read all of it. I also need like the right side of your sign to be smudged with the words because you ran out of space and didn't properly like realize like oh shit that word's bigger than I thought it was and now it gets real real small as you get to the end. That's what I want when I see them. Is that that's nasty, right? It ma- it makes me think about paying. If I want to, but I want to put on my sign. Just got off work. Want your money? Oh, I want that. I like that. Why not? Like, that. like that's that's, that's as honest as you can get. You. I just got off work, but I want your money. And like, I'm sure somebody's. Li- I'm sure. I'm sure I'm liable to get a couple dollars off of that because, like you say, if you listen to any of these uh CNBC specials, motherfuckers that be following these motherfuckers who be on these corners, they be driving Benzes and motherfuckers be coming out two hundred, two fifty, like. And again, me and my wife had this conversation all the time. Like, this bitch been standing on the corner for three years. There has to be some type of profit in standing in the corner because you wouldn't keep doing it. <laughs> you if wouldn't you keep coming back. Nothing. There's not if for it was three bad years. business every time. You would not keep returning. Not for three years, bro. And like, and not, I, 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 it's different. I guess I never seen it back home, fam. But like, you'll fuck around and see a nigga on the corner, like with a sign begging for people's money, and you'll fuck around and see people standing out there talking to him. And it'd be like, yo, y'all are, what are y'all talking about? Like, it, it makes me want to pull over and be like, what kind of conversation are, are y'all about? having? Like, are you offering the bitch insulin in the salad? Because I told you the babe out here by my house that her, her signs, like she done wrote sideways all around the motherfucker. Like people can read that extensions. shit that fast at the sign. Yeah. Talking about some, uh, she need healthy food because she got diabetes and shit. Bitch, you got too many you requirements to be food. You got to give her a healthy food? Yeah, don't take that bitch no french fries. She might turn it down and that's going to make you feel the type of way <laughs> if you just took Swear your to extra God, time. Bro, if I put up to the light and I just came from Chick-fil-A <laughs> and I'm feeling a little soft-hearted and I'm trying to give her my waffle fries and she tell me she can't have that, Bro, I'm a be. I ain't gonna lie. And, I'm gonna feel kind of slighted, bro. And this babe look like the type of babe to grunt at you. Like if you hold that out the window, she might be like, mm. like <laughs> you don't want. Yeah, you don't want. The, you don't want those problems, bro. And that's what I'm saying. Like it, she wanted those, and I watched the car behind me do it today. And like I, I hate that it's like that, but it is what it is. But like she, she been out there so many years, and she be standing out there so tough, fam. She make it uncomfortable for you to pull up on the block in your car. Because <laughs> like, like, that's God, her shit. Damn. Yeah, like, you bro, like I got, that's her corner, nigga. Man, this bitch is gonna stare me down. She gonna angle her sign towards me. Like she gonna do oh, all types of shit. And like I seen the babe do it today. She pulled or yesterday she pulled up behind me and I saw her look at the babe and then she just immediately went down into her phone. And like I'm gang- <laughs> I'm gangster enough at this point, fam. I don't get in you my phone right to up. show her. I ain't doing nothing. I ain't doing a goddamn thing. If I wanted to, I could, but I ain't. 
And but, I don't like, I don't ever want to end up like Kendrick Lamar and how much a dollar costs. You know what I'm saying? That's why sometimes I feel mm-hmm. the vibes and I give out, you know what I'm saying, my dollar or two if I got it. Sometimes I feel compelled attention. to give. But you like, got to pay attention to whether or not it's Jesus talking to you. Speaking of Jesus talking to you, let's talk about this one right here. Oh, we got a lot of Jesus to talk this. A lot of Jesus. Let's talk. start. Let's start with Chick Fil A, bro. Did you see or read or hear that Chick Fil A, just like everybody else, is suffering from staffing levels and stuff like that? And one of their bright ideas to try to combat this <clears throat> is trying to start up a volunteer program <laughs> where they tr- they're not hiring people, but they're taking <laughs> volunteers. And in return for the, your volunteer hours at Chick Fil A. You can choose up to five entrees per day that they will compensate you for your service to not work at Chick-fil-A, but to volunteer at Chick-fil-A. And here's the first thing I thought when I read this. I know we make a lot of jokes about it being like Jesus's chicken and they close on Sundays and it's the Lord's chicken breasts and all of that. But do they know they're not a real church kitchen? Like, do they know that they can't just have people volunteering there like they know they're not a real church right? i mean like are they doing this like nationwide is this for a specified area because it actually ties into our homeless conversation just right now fam uh-huh. becky can take her ass right on down to chick-fil-a and vi- I, now i wonder how many hours you got to volunteer for you five entrees because they sound like they want eight hours for, for five entrees <laughs> they, bro you know chick-fil-a wants sound, eight for yeah, like, and that's because, still to me i'm like ew that's not really a good that's not a fair trade because you're like, saying five entrees. You ain't saying five combos. Like, if you try to hand me five classic well, chickens with two pickles for an eight-hour shift, fam, that true. don't balance out. True, true. Nah, you Especially right, if you're going to have me be one of them niggas that stand outside yeah, with I the clipboard. So, no. Yeah, so essentially a meal is not, yeah, not going to get me to come volunteer. But again, it all depends on how much work I got to do because, again, like if you can stand on the corner and beg... You can go over to Chick-fil-A and, you know, work an hour or two for your five. I make sure you at least eat for the day and then go back to begging. You know what I'm saying? But, like, mm-hmm. try and make that a part of your resume or something. But that's goofy as hell. Like, ain't nobody going to do that shit, fam. Nobody, this, and I fucking, think they killed the program the, once people got rented yeah, too. Like, what the hell is this? Oh, what is this, a work tryout? Like, hey, nigga, <laughs> hell no. I'm not coming to volunteer. You know how much my time, you know how much being outside costs, nigga? Why the hell would I come and work for you for, the, for an entree, nigga? Like... Dog, it costs a lot of money to go outside. Like, get going outside is getting more and that, more like costly. Chick Fil A basically just said, "I got these cheeseburgers." Like, that's basically yeah, what they do like at on niggas, some real fam. shit. Like, yeah. I got these two cheeseburgers. I got these like, two cheeseburgers. Me. It, it's funny to me with corporations and big business how many things literally like come across the desk and get approved by these. I mean, what we presume to be very smart individuals, but the older I get and the more television that I watch, particularly reality TV, right? Like everything from 90 Day Fiance to Married at First Sight to 60 Days In, all these motherfuckers that get featured on these shows make like six-figure salary. And then yeah. you just watch them for a season and they're goddamn nincompoops. Yeah, and you're like, well, how did you get this job? Like, how were you so financially stable? And you're clearly an idiot. And it just boggles my mind all the time. I just, you know, so, sometimes I guess we got to, um, uh, you know, think think that certain things don't fall off once you like matriculate through so many levels. So mm-hmm. on my level right now, I know I don't read a lot of emails in detail. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I just send them bitches off. And I think it's a lot of details in there. People just don't be reading. Okay. You know what I'm saying? As the levels go up and they just, you know, swipe right that shit and it'd be just going to the next desk. And once Tim motherfucker swipe right, it just go to the top, and then when the backlash come down, that's why they just try to retract real fast. But like, 
it's irresponsible as fuck, but apparently somebody gets paid off of this, bro. Cause you know what I'm saying? Like it has shit like that has to be a part of like Mark. Hey, we'll we'll cut the fucking marketing budget and keep that for our Christmas party bonuses. Uh-huh. And we'll just do this bullshit to get people talking about us. Cause that's the age that we live in, bro. It's absolutely I'm telling you to count down. We are 30 days away from when I am supposed to already have a child. Like the count is coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's, it's coming. <laughs> uh so our Lord and Savior is tripping this week. We have a lot of Lord and Savior news. Uh, also on the Lord and Savior docket, <laughs> did you see uh, Bishop Lamar Whitehead this past week, bro? Uh, Brooklyn bishop and pastor that got robbed live during his sit-at-home bed- bedside Baptist I mean, sermon. Can I robbed give you- at gunpoint. What was it? Three, four, five gunmen rushed into the church and robbed him for over $400,000 of jewelry. Let me Did let me tell that? you. So, of, of course, I've heard about this story. I have not followed anything in deep detail. So, whatever you tell Did me, you is at least you, see the video. Check this out. This is what I'm about to tell you. So, whatever you tell me is going to be whatever you tell me. But I did when it first came around, maybe like the second or third day when the first incident initially happened. I let it ride because I was like, man, that's I don't want to like. What what are we talking about here? Right. And then, what is like, when, I, talking about? when I finally turned it on, I lied to you not. I watched maybe eight nine seconds of this video. And because of the way that it started for me, and I'm sure everybody probably saw the same clip, but like it literally starts as he was saying something and he goes, watch this. And then seconds later, these niggas show up on the stage and this happens. And I'm like, this is not real. Like instantly I said, this is not real. And I turned it off and I have not dealt anything else with the situation since. So I don't feel like, and maybe I'm not in the right social media circles, you know, I'm not on the twits or none of that, but I've only heard this be covered by a couple of different people, and I haven't heard anybody talk about how fake this looks. Like, fam, he... Now, we've talked about several, several, several way back episodes ago mm-hmm. about, like, reflexes and lack thereof of when you're being robbed. Right. And, like, your brain, like, pauses, everything slows down. Like, when your life is in danger, mm-hmm. shit just shifts. It don't go the way you see it in the movies or in this clip. He got to the ground way too fast for me. And the first time I watched the clip and you like hear the commotion behind the camera and then the pastor immediately gets on the floor and he goes, yo, 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 and gets on the floor. I'm like, wait a minute. There is not enough church robberies in the history of church for that to be a standard reaction to gunmen rushing the church. Like, do you know how long it would take under a normal circumstance for that to register what's even happening? So it only took me one time of watching this video before I was like, this is a setup. Like this nigga set this up for insurance money or whatever mm-hmm. to take the congregate, whatever the benefit is, this is a setup. Like the bishop is in on this and I don't, I'm not hearing enough people talk about how this is clearly a setup. Do people know this is like, he set this up? Yeah. I, I don't know, but you made a good point that I really didn't even think about. But like to that credit, Stoney said it perfect and set it off. What's the procedure? What's the when procedure? When you got a gun to your head, you don't know. And I think he if knew you too don't, much of the procedure. I think if you, but I think if you don't live that particularly, like I, I think if you've not been in a situation where a motherfucker might have pulled a gun on you or where you got robbed, I don't think you truly understand that. And because mm-hmm. I've been in that position, like when you even finally, like if a nigga do it well enough, by the time you realize a nigga even got the gun, it's too late for you to really do anything unless you right. are like hyper. And that's a part of me being so hyper aware now because, of you know, that situation happening to me. But like if you just not 12 toes down on your P's and Q's, 
you're not going to see it to do nothing because I just I, I can put myself back in that situation right now. Remember, like, listen to it. Like I had a conver- I had a, like a 30 second conversation with the nigga before I realized the nigga had the gun pointed on me. And I was like, oh, like, oh shit. This okay, whatever, that's, huh? Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty slick, fam. Like what I'm going to do at that point? Try and John Wayne my way uh, out of this bitch. Like, nah, it was yeah, nothing. Like, nah, so again, it. like you really. This and like I guess if niggas come in with big ass guns and poo shiesty masks, then you know maybe the situation might be a little different. But like again, I only watched nine seconds of the video and I knew Zen just out. from this even the video that got leaked out. The again, it was the it was literally the if you go back and listen to it, I'm not tripping. Go, it starts off he's saying whatever he's saying and then watch this. Why don't where's the beginning of that video? What was he talking about? What, what was we about to watch? <laughs> I need more context. What was we about to watch besides what we watched? And then right. not for nothing, like just pastor in Brooklyn who not for nothing, nigga. You ain't T.D. Jakes. You ain't fucking Rod Parsley. You ain't. I seen uh, other clips nigga? of this nigga with like a Canal Street Louis Vuitton colored printed suit on in the bro, in the car talking th- about why he deserves all the money he had. But this is what I'm saying, bro. You not Joe Osteen, and you was out here talking about some. You got robbed in your Brooklyn uh, church that looked like it used to be the bodega for four hundred thousand dollars in jewelry. Like, no, you, you didn't don't have four hundred thousand. No, you didn't, bro. Like, what's your what's your what's your membership look like? Like, and you know what I'm saying? Like, what's your bro, congregation they, they interview like one of here, his. Uh, <laughs> they interview one of his members, and his member looked like he didn't have. Forty thousand dollars, and I was See just like, "I'm like, not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm just like, well, where did you get?" And then not, not for nothing. And I don't want to sound like I'm just trying to throw dirt on a nigga that I don't know. But he has served time for identity theft and grand larceny. I past. swear to God, I was just about to say, is he a PPP, a pastor, pastor, pastor? Like, is he <laughs> did he take that PPP a different way? And he was just like, "Hey, I'm gonna try and legitimize it." Through the church, because they don't, you know, the motherfucker don't be taxing the church and all types. So that's probably, clearly that's probably where this will all come back to, I'm sure. But like that, and again, fam, like if if this is, we would the the age that we live in, the way that the internet works, we would have heard about you long before this happened, bro. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like if you if you was really living this type of way and you got a rose in Brooklyn, like niggas niggas would have been firing you up about who like who is this nigga? Like, and this is how we hear about. It. And then not for nothing, I seen another video again. I didn't even press play on it because I wasn't invested in this entire situation because I deem it to be fake. But like the nigga threw a press conference. Like, what are we talking <laughs> yeah. about? Who is this nigga? Like, cut it out, bro. Cut it out. Like, this is it, not this only is a that, press conference, this is but that he's cloudy been doing shit. Like a- He's been doing a news media circuit. Like he didn't stop yeah, by other niggas' like, podcasts to talk about it. And yeah, calling into niggas' Instagram live. Like, what is he doing? If you're not sitting down with Robin Roberts or Barbara Walters about this shit, bro, like we don't care. Like you, if you have to call the news to tell your story, it's not interesting, bro. Yeah, like, you I, should I, never have to call the news. <laughs> Did you hear about this news? The news, like, yeah, dog, don't hey, ever call hey, the news. Hey, news, come cover this. Like, what? <laughs> like, that's not how that fucking shit works. I don't think calling the news has ever gone good. <laughs> and it just, right. to me, the whole story sounds like he's flailing his arms way too hard, trying to get you to realize that he's a victim of something that makes me feel like he's not a victim of something like this. Bro, is that's how, definitely that's how I know. It. That's how I know we got way too much like real nigga embedded in our spirits, bro. Because you see how easy it is to come up with some dumb shit. Like this nigga used all his brain power to come up with this to try to get popping. Because yeah. it, and and then not for nothing. Like think think up again. Think about being a real victim. I'm gonna put myself back in the same like situation I just explained. Like after that nigga, there were so many thoughts going through my brain. You know what I'm saying? Just like about life in general. 
And you mean to tell me your first thought was to hold a press conference? And <laughs> like, nah, bro, that's that's not how that works. And like, may, maybe you come from an environment where you know niggas get robbed every day. Be that really ain't your first rodeo. Your it ain't your first you know walk around the block. So you ain't really tripping. But like, nah, and then not for nothing. Like it's gonna take me like seven days to stop tripping about four hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry missing. Like we got <laughs> like, we got so much more work that? to do before we get to press conference and like addressing social media and calling the news. Like I can't. I, I can't. Uh-uh. I don't think the building cost four hundred thousand dollars that he was preaching in. Like I don't understand Damn. what the story is supposed to I make us feel. I didn't even see any windows on this place. Like <laughs> I, I don't. And, and it looks like somebody still lives upstairs. Like if a nigga got to come down in his pajamas to leave the front door to church because y'all share that, like that's not that's you not you don't got that, bro. Tell me about the worst church you ever been to in your childhood or in your adolescence or just what? in your life. Tell me about the 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 one church that you walked in that made you feel the most like, is this a church? Or that kind of like stuck with you where you were like, this church makes me slightly uncomfortable. I will will say, um, I'll share both. So not really any black churches that I've been in that have really like made me be like, yo, this is fucking weird. Like, I don't, I don't like the vibes in here. Like there, there are some different denominational churches. I think that's the right way to say that. Like mm-hmm. you might, and just because if you're not used to that type of church, you might be like, yo, what the fuck is it? Like if you've never heard anybody speak in tongues and you go to, I forget which, you know, one of them do that Southern Baptist or whoever the hell it is, evangelist, whoever, I don't know. I'm sorry. Don't, don't go to Temple of Compassion me. if you're scared yeah. of tongues. That's you know what I'm saying, but like if you go to, you might be like, yo, what the fuck is going on in here? Like this shit is wild. Um, but as far as churches go, it was actually a Catholic church, fam. Like the mm. first time I walked into a Catholic church, I that it literally had the what the fuck is going on in here? Like these niggas, and I and at this point, I'm like maybe eight, nine, ten. Like I have just zero clue really about religion if you want to be honest you know what i'm saying i just know we go to church with a whole bunch of black people they be in here singing and shit mm-hmm. and you know what i'm saying like whoa there's different oh. or i'll be honest i just thought <laughs> that's white people church like oh this is the church that white people go to we go to this church and this is where the white people come to on saturdays ah i get it like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that was my connection at that point but like being in there and like i was only in the catholic church for a funeral service, like whatever. I was with my dad that day. They had a funeral service at this Catholic church. Like the whole shit was weird. Like even the funeral was different. You know what I'm saying? From like church and a black church and a funeral and all that other yeah. type of shit. So it like blew my mind more than more so than like this is fucking weird. But like the only weird place I'll ever say I've been in is um, my dad used to have a, um, a friend that owned a funeral home. I want to say I think it was in Mansfield that we he used to go to sometimes and do work at. But he was an older gentleman and he had like an older funeral home. But like it almost felt like this funeral home was like frozen in time from like the 50s and 60s. It was old equipment, but it all like still worked. Wood paneling, mirrors. Well, on the I walls. mean, like it was like porcelain tables. Like it was just all uh. like pristine, like fucking shit, but it worked. And it was like, yo, this nigga might be a fucking serial murderer because this shit's way too clean and pristine in here. Like I know he doesn't do a lot of business out of here, but. It's not even dusty in this bitch, dog. Like, you don't even got to come in here and do like, ah, that's the only like weird place I can ever say that I've been in, though. I, one time I I attended a church on uh, Zettler that literally shared a wall with a corner store. <laughs> and okay. I remember going because it just happened to be where my cousins were attending at the time, just on mm-hmm. some flank shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you get caught up trying to stay the night without making plans first, and then your auntie actually says yes, and you thought for sure right. she wasn't going to. 
Now you, you ain't got no church night, clothes. You know, yeah, you end up going to church with them now the next day. Now your now your mom or your dad got to bring you church clothes early in the morning, and it's either that or they got to pick you up, and it's a whole lot of confusion going mm. on because they kicked it too. Like, fam, when we that. pulled up to the church, I thought we were stopping to get snacks before church because we pulled into the parking lot of a corner store, and I was like, <laughs> oh, dope, y'all be getting snacks before church. This is gonna be a good day. But then everybody got out the car, and I was like. I guess I should get out the car. And we got so out and we didn't weird. go in the corner store. We went next door to the corner store. And when I tell you next door to the corner store, church looks exactly on the inside as it looks like it looks on the outside. Yep. It looks exactly on the inside how it looks yeah, like yeah. it looks on the outside. Yeah. Like we walked in and there were just nothing but metal, off-colored, uncoordinated folding chairs right, in uneven rows spaced out. With like, there was like two windows and one fan in the entire church. And like, you know that it's going to be a bad time when you walk into church and you sit down and everybody starts like fanning themselves with the Martin Luther King uh, paper. (laughs) And the preacher immediately opens the Bible and starts preaching. And you kind of look around like, well, ain't the choir coming out? And it's like, no, there's no choir. Like, fam. And it's not until the choir don't come out that you look around and you'd be like, it damn sure ain't no drums in this bitch. That's- <laughs> yeah, I, you, that was when you first realized you didn't see a drum set. And I fam, when not. I tell you this pastor spit the entire sermon, every word that he preached. Like, <laughs> it was like one of them like older guys that you could tell uh-huh. he was to keep his dentures in kind of thing. But fam, he spit everywhere the entire sermon. And like, that was one of them things that always stuck with me. Like, I don't blame the church for existing. I'm not mad at anybody that set it up. You worship where you worship just because it ain't for me. Don't mean it ain't for you. You know what I'm saying? But it just always stuck in my mind after that experience and walking out, like, you know, how you walk out of a certain unfamiliar church where you just feel kind of like shell shocked. Like what the fuck just happened for mm-hmm. two and a half hours. And I remember walking out and thinking to myself, like how do establishments like this exist on a continuous basis? Like, I can see a pop-up church that just happens to happen because y'all are building the new church and y'all had to get out the old building type shit. But like, they were there. Like, that was oh, where yeah. they were operating for we're a having, long time. And it was we're having our fifth uh, building anniversary right here in this building. We've been here for a while. Like, I don't know. There's some type, and I don't even, this might sound terrible, but there's some type of like jig in there somewhere because like, if you get the landlord to agree to rent to you, what he going to do? Evict the fucking church if you don't pay your rent? You can, like, right, right. You a lot of, <laughs> who wants to be the guy to shut off the water to the church? Yeah. And then I like, don't even think what, this church had a bathroom now that I'm thinking about. And then like getting to some potential future deals with some large church organizations. They're going to look up your head. Mm-hmm. Did you, looks here like you evicted Heartland Church back in 2006. <laughs> Was that Damn. you? That got to look wild as fuck look on your paperwork. Yeah. Dude. But like, it says here... That you were responsible for boarding up the fellowship of first word ministries? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not okay. And while we're like having this church, you know, semi-funeral conversation, I wanna to, I wanna just say this. It, I wrote it down a couple of weeks ago to talk about. Um, and maybe this is just like a confusion of minds. Maybe you can help me, maybe you cannot. I'm fine either way. Sure. Um but I re- I remember when it started being a thing and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like this is this was one of their activities. This makes so much sense. What a way to go out with your homies next to you. Like, I fuck with that. Um, But the fact now that y'all is putting everybody in the motorcycle hearse is really fucking with me, dog. Like, again, like when you don't want to let them have it. 
when Unc, when Big Unc, you know, used to be a Harley rider and he was a part of the motorcycle club your whole life and you show up to the funeral and they got the motorcycle hers hooked up, like, that got to pull on your heartstrings. You know what I'm saying? You got to be like, God damn, Unc, like, you, yeah. uh, that was your really shit. Your, boy, your boys out here vested in Stacy Stacey Adams dup, you know what I'm saying, on their bikes. They got on burgundy and forest green. Like, this shit look crazy out here. But, like... I, y'all putting everybody in the motorcycle hearse now, and I just really want you know people to get back to the essence. Um, Some of these niggas never learned to ride a bike. <laughs> y'all are putting them, and in y'all the going out in the motorcycle hearse, like, and then just thinking about my like, feel like it got to be difficult as hell to get a casket out of the fucking motorcycle hearse. But like, oh, I, yeah. I don't, don't know do that to your point. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that part. Thank you. <laughs> uh, have you have you been a pallbearer before? What? Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, that's the wrong person to ask. I'm sorry. Are you? Let me ask the the question I meant to ask. I've Do you get Paul, nervous been, like, holding the casket? I've been a pallbearer for motherfuckers I don't know. Like, <laughs> just but that's on. the thing. Though, like when you don't got enough strong, able back young yeah. men in your family, then sometimes you got to grab a motherfucker from the. Funeral I remember. Yeah, everybody remember. looks at you like, is that Charlie's son? No, nah, no, nah, that ain't Charlie's. Son. Yeah, <laughs> it's nah, like they don't I, even know that you don't even know this name. But I when you carry a I, casket. I don't give a fuck how many pallbearers you got, right? Like, okay, I've been a pallbearer in situations where there's four of us mm-hmm. and we're all kind of looking at each other. Like, you know, you give each other that look when you lift the casket. Everybody makes eye contact and goes, mm-hmm. we got one shot at this. Like, you cannot drop. Like, everybody has the you better not let go face. And right. I've been a pallbearer amongst 12 where it's like there's so many people on the program as a pallbearer where it's a couple of niggas with their hands just on the top of the casket. For sure. Just helping in spirit. For and sure. even in those moments, you still kind of looking like, all right, nigga, but you can't trip me. Like, watch where you're putting your feet. Right. I understand right. you touch Big Mama's casket and walk with us. Right, right. But if you ain't helping, you can't be in the way type of shit. Like, for do sure. you, and I know, and I apologize for even fronting on you like this because I know you're <laughs> Mr. Death. But, <laughs> Do you still get nervous when you carry caskets? Because I do. Like, if I had to carry a casket tomorrow, I go to the gym every day of the week. And if I had to carry a casket right now, like, let's make sure we got this right. Yeah, You got to spit in your palms and rub them together like Popeye before you grab them? No, 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 no. I don't want to talk crazy, but, you know, for anybody who might understand, I'm like an OG when it comes to, like, the funeral, like, business. So, like... I'm really out of like the moving caskets being a pallbearer phase. Of, you stand like, behind the desk while they move the casket. Yeah, if I need to jump in, I can't because nigga, again, I did I'm that still, since I was 15. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, or it got to be like somebody in my family where I'm really like becoming a pallbearer at Death this point. Business flexing is the weirdest flex of all. That's why I say this sounds crazy if you don't understand what I'm saying. But like, if you get it, you get it. If you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? But like, um, nah, it's it's you know it's not that difficult. But to 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 what you said, like for. If we got four pallbearers and it's just four of us, we definitely probably need to have like a huddle. You know what I'm saying? You know, depending on who's in the casket, you know what I'm saying? But if they are size, like, hey, we need to have a huddle because, hey, is you all right, nigga? Because I need you to hold down your quarter. Like, you got a we quarter need the of this thing. niggas on opposite sides. Yeah, opposite like, corners. we got we to gotta get this. I will say, though, you know, cheat code for anybody who not, might need to hear this. Six is the way to go. Six is the way six to go. Six is the perfect and number. If you, and if you don't believe in yourself, go for the middle. All right? If you do yeah. not believe in yourself, because in the middle, <laughs> you're really just a fulcrum. You're really just holding on and keeping, you know, you're you're really keeping the front and the back you're together. You're a spotter. You're a glorified what? spotter. Because <laughs> I promise you, you get no weight 
in the middle on a six man Paul Baron crew. You feel me? So like you need six. That yeah, that that's where it come with that. But again, you know, more more stories from the funeral home. I can share with you one of the last times that I was a Paul Bear or that I had to move a casket. I'll say that because I don't even believe I was a Paul Bear for this one. But again, like my dad did the funeral. I helped my dad. It was it was my brother's grandmother. You know what I'm saying? There's my always dad, niggas that's not on the program, by the way, yeah. grabbing at the caskets. So I mean, for sure. Me. But this was this was my this was my um my brothers and my sister grandmother's funeral you know what i'm saying my dad did the funeral so i worked the funeral you know my brother's working funeral all types of shit so For sure um this this the church that she went to in youngstown was the church that the funeral was at um and their grandmother was a was a she like six feet tall you know she was a taller kind of like heavier lady um so that in real life converted into dead weight is like moving cinder blocks fam and this church that we were going in had maybe like 12 to 15 steep steps on the outside you get to a landing and you got to go up like six more steps to get in the church before essentially we could pull it down on the dolly and then roll the goddamn Nickelodeon to the front of the yeah but like the the crazy so what made this part crazy so it's me my dad my two brothers and dude that you know was working with my dad at the time so everybody kind of got their piece of it, <laughs> but my brother Aaron, shout out to my brother Aaron. <laughs> yeah, this nigga right. has sure. this nigga has like chronic sciatica sometimes, fam. Like he can't get his shit together. Like nigga be fucked up. So this particular like week, he was having bad sciatic nerve pain, fam. So like we down at the Hearst G trying to like get everybody, and we all like, hey, we having this conversation. Like, hey, is everybody ready? Because I mean, we are, once we pick this up. Good. Again, I told you about the steps. Once we pick this up, we got to go. Because, again, my dad, 60-plus years old, like, my brother, we gotta go. We can't be fucking pounds, around soaking getting your wet. right. Yeah, yeah, my brother, 160 pounds, soaking wet. My, this nigga got sciatica. You know, I'm overweight. The other nigga we can't help. Go. Like, we got we to go. shit going on here. We just got to go. Man, we picked that fucking casket up and took two steps. My nigga Aaron said, nope, I don't got it. (laughs) (laughs) And we had to put it back down. We had to set him back down for sure. Oh, that is so embarrassing having to put it back down. And again, we was on four-man crew, like I say, because the other nigga, he was half retarded, Mm -hmm. so we didn't include him in. But now we got to include him in. And now it's it's, it's a half retarded nigga, a, a senior citizen, a lightweight and an overweight. And somehow we got it done. Somehow we made it up the steps, and then the, and I and I should you not this this is probably three with with the casket in mind. I I should we probably three, easy three to four hundred pounds. Jesus, easy like you say up these steps and all that shit. It it was nuts, fam. So like again, that's why I'm off Paul Bear and crew. I put in enough of my work. You done? I did work. what I needed to do over the. I move an empty casket in a heartbeat. What? Let's do that. Or if like a regular size for a little old lady, like let's do that. But my days. Well, we're carrying we're carrying a casket with a body in it is prime time. Like now you that's the NFL <laughs> <laughs> for sure. You can play for a pickup sure. game, but you just ain't in the yeah, NFL yeah, yeah, no yeah, more. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Nah, nah, I'm not. Uh, speaking of speaking of dead niggas, we got to talk Will Smith, bro. Uh, the Will Smith apology finally dropped. It was delayed five months. They kept pushing the album back, but we finally got the drop this week. <laughs> it dropped in the middle of the night out of nowhere, and Will Smith sat down for six minutes to apologize for what happened, what seems like an eternity ago at the Oscars when he slapped Chris Rock. I guess maybe he was waiting to see if he could get back to Chris Rock first, which don't seem like it's going to happen no time soon. So Will just threw his hands up and said, fuck it, I got to go back out there. Uh, We got to break down this apology, right? Mm -hmm. But first and foremost, I just want to say, as a confessed 
huge Will, Will Smith fan, right? Like, I haven't been shy about coming on here and saying that Will Smith growing up has always been one of my biggest heroes. I've always loved that guy. Um, Will Smith is and has always been a big deal for me, right? Um, but I also have come on here and spoken very clearly about how I feel about him and Jada's relationship, mm-hmm. uh, Jada's behavior, his behavior, how I'm sick of him embarrassing himself, just the psyche that goes behind his behavior and all of that. And it continues. And we don't always cover everything them motherfuckers do around here because it's just so much all the time that sometimes it ain't even interesting. But this right here, I do find to be interesting because it's like Will Smith, for whatever reason, whether it's he's been in the spotlight since he was a kid and maybe he never really actually grew up properly. We might be seeing a little bit of Michael Jackson without the sweet moves happening here in his mind because he don't know what to do. Like, okay. Just the idea of having a produced theatric apology to a nigga that won't get on the phone with you just <laughs> says so much, right? Like, let, let's start at the very tippy top of the video for those of you that may or may not have seen this fucking six minute fiasco. Like, well, let me, it's, well, hold on, let me stop you because please, I, I, please have stop not, me because you know I I'll keep. Not, yeah, I have not seen full six minute fiasco, and I'm glad okay. that you said full six minutes because I didn't know that it was six minutes, and that was my problem with what I saw. Every time I saw people covering it or talking about it, it feels like it's like 18 minutes, right? Well, no, it was only a clip that I've I've not oh. seen a six minute clip. I've only seen maybe two two and a half minutes of really the same kind of section that really wasn't the full apology. Um, mm-hmm. But even when I saw that, there, like I said, there's a lot of things we're seeing it initially that we'll you know we'll get into, but like. The first thing that I said is, where the fuck is he at? What is this? Where is like, he at? Like, <laughs> where is he at? What everything is this? About, everything about this apology video irks me. Okay, let me, let me start by saying that. Everything about this irks me. It irks me before he even gets on screen when he goes, <sighs> like he wants us to hear, before we even see William Smith, the nigga gives us a... Like, he's just so troubled after five months of going through. Like, bro, shut the fuck up. No, bro. like, I, you are not anything, still bothered by this. Shut up. Nah, if any, if anything, you know, because like I say, five, five months later is egregious as fuck to be coming out and trying to do this for real, for real. Like, there's no other way. There's really no way to explain that. Um, And even my first thought was, you know, and even what he said, like, you know, I, I haven't spoken to him. He's declined to speak to me. Like, yeah, he don't have to do that. No. I hope. My hope out of this is that if that moment ever comes, that we do get to see that raw moment on film. I know it sounds crazy, but I think if Chris could take a, you know, if that's presented because of how we see Will Smith moving, I think if Chris Rock is receptive to that, I think, you know, on some black man community type shit, I think it's good to be able to see two people rectify that. But also on my same brand, like I'm I'm also of the belief that if they do this, and again, this is like, hey, we can't have any conversation before this happens. You got to be over here and meet me here and I got to be over there and meet you here. And we just have to have that raw emotion play out. And if that turns into Chris Rock smacking the fuck out of Will Smith when he first sees him, like then that's you what it is. That. And we still got to sit down and we got to have this conversation because I definitely needed my lick back. I don't care what the hell you had to say, but like if if that moment ever happens, I would love to be able to see it, you know what I'm saying, on, on film. But again, like for it to come this late after, you know, you immediately apologize to them white folks and, you know what I'm saying, apologize to a whole bunch of other people and try to save face. Like, I think it's terrible, but I think where he looks dead in the eyes at still five months later is I think he's really like, and this is me speculating, but I think Please he's speculate. recognizing the like, 
trance that he has been in from this relationship and more i say that because of how he emphatically said how that is not the way he should have handled that situation and how he was wrong like oh okay so you know you know what was the trigger and you know what drove you to do that and you still said it was wrong because there's no way to explain it any other way besides my whole world was crashing down so i decided to smack chris rock like well nah, that's the fam, whole shit about yeah. it like you gonna pick yeah. chris rock and we we did that part already about how you ain't smack August Alcina. We did that, but it's like, yeah. okay, I'm also mad at where the fuck was he? Like you said, like where yeah, even where was he you? at? And why and do you match your set? Why did you shop for your wardrobe in the Tiger Woods apology closet? Like, well, who told you to go for the Tiger Woods apology fit? Like, it ain't like Tiger Woods made a full rebound either. I don't know why oh, you just felt the need to dress and look like Tiger Woods during his apology. Like, you should have went for the Kobe Bryant apology look. Like, when Kobe Bryant admitted to cheating with his wife in the press conference, I would have went for that look because niggas was like, it's fine, bro. He just wanted to fuck some bitches. Like, everybody got over that pretty quick. I mean, women was a little slower, but eventually niggas kind of got over that. There's so much about this that pisses me off. Let me tell you the number one thing that pisses me off. To me, I don't buy any of it. It feels so contrived, and it begins with him reading very carefully selected questions, right? Like, why is he reading the questions? Like, this is his first time re- seeing the question, and, like, he has a third-grade education. Like, dog, you start in 33 seasons of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> there are six Bad Boy movies in three Independence Days, and mm-hmm. you read in the fucking quote-unquote, <laughs> like, we're supposed to believe these are questions off Twitter, and he's reading them like, why did you not apologize to Chris Rock on Night of Insodent? Like, bro, you don't fucking read like that, bro. Like, he hypnotized. Why are you? This is so contrived. Like, I don't like being made to feel like I'm a fool, right? Mm-hmm. Will is smarter than this, and I like to think that Will thinks and knows that we're smarter than this, right? But apparently, he doesn't, or right. his team doesn't. Or who or Jada does it. Like, I don't know who's in charge here. Probably Jada. But why do they think we're stupid enough to think that Will is reading live questions in a six-month, in a six-minute, yeah. five-month yeah. post-public address? Why like, is he reading the questions like a fucking idiot, bro? And, and, and call me a dumbass, bro, but like this is a nigga who posts Instagram from videos he didn't make off of his phone i don't know how anybody does Damn, that you- <laughs> he's got two million dollar budgets on 30 second instagram you- clips but he bro, wants to ble- you- us believe that he's shooting off the hip with this how do you upload a video that you didn't shoot off your phone like <laughs> to your instagram to like i don't what are we talking about here like you had the whole camera crew and but somebody's somebody somebody text you the video from they like, i'm so confused by all of it bro but like yeah it's very it's very contrived again i haven't seen the entire six minutes i'm gonna make cause, because i didn't know it was six minutes had i known that i would have um and then but it made me mad now to see that it's on his youtube page with 3.2 million views um, three days later um but I, I, I'll get to that and maybe I'll expound on it. But I feel like I said everything that I had to say about Will. It was so funny. I seen a, uh, I seen a post go across uh, one of them timelines of mine the other day that said, damn, y'all really mad at Will Smith. I ain't heard summertime all summer. All and summer. Like, nah, bro, I, I've turned it off. It came on the radio. and I I'm mad at Will. I ain't seen the Serena Williams movie. Like, if Will came out with some shit tomorrow that I really, really would be interested in, like, 
if the nigga was starring in Martin the sitcom the movie, I wouldn't <laughs> go watch it, bro. Like I'm mad at Will for real, yeah, bro. Like, I'm not on it, and, bro. And, and another thing I'm mad at. Another thing I'm mad at. Every fucking time Jada Pinkett fucks up in public, Will apologizes and stands next to her and holds her. She's hand. nowhere to be found. Where the fuck is Jada? And like not not for nothing during like this that, apology. And like you say, there was supposed to be this whole red table talk that I, I think they felt the vibes. Nobody was interested in Nobody wants her. it, so scrap Nobody, it. But like, yeah, but then she gave whatever half-assed statement she gave about the situation. And I think like people are really looking for her to, like, no, we have questions for you. And we don't you, want- We the, have questions yeah, for we you. We don't want the deflection wills going through. No, bitch, what's your problem? Somebody wants yeah. to know what's your problem and why you, and, and, and how you feel like you contributed to that situation. Because you, she has some onus in that. And I think Absolutely. that's the issue that everybody has with Jada Pinkett Smith. She essentially she's doing the same thing right now that Will did when he got up out that chair to go smack that man. She she rolling her eyes like I fuck all of that. Like and nah, fuck her. Like I, it very much feels like she's throwing rocks and hiding her hands with this shit. And it's just like like I fully agree with your sentiment. Like we got questions for you. Like at this point, we sick of hearing from Will. Like he yeah. said in every different flavor what he's going to say and how he feels. Like, we've heard all of this. Even before this apology, we knew what the apology was before we even got it. Like, bro, we know right. what he's about to go in here and say. He's not about to go in here and say no shit that we don't already know. But what we don't know and what we haven't heard is your apology or yeah, the, your like, ownership it, on the parts you played in this. And my question to you is, let's get imaginative. Who do you think, and you know we got to say black woman especially, particularly, because I don't think it's no black man that can sit her down and get her to recognize any accountability in all of this, not just the slap itself, but all of the spiraling of their family. Do you think that there's anybody out there that can sit down with Jada Pinkett and kind of talk to her and let her know, like, you are not free of responsibility here, or at least guide a conversation to where she's not able to slippery bounce off of everything like she does at her table. Oh, it's the same person she sits at that table with. It's her mother. Her you mother, her mom, her mom her, won't hold her accountable. We've not heard her mother correct her. Not one fucking Ever. time about anything that she has said. Like, and I'm, I, I hate to even be like talking bad about the people who I perceive to be this way, but these old sage burning ass bitches <laughs> will just attribute everything to trees and chakras and it's never and your fault I, and it's yeah and it's like get the right run that shit with the rental office or you don't why why don't you try that shit with the rental office honestly like and that, like, i walking hate talking to office people, i hate talking to people sometimes because that's what i'll say to them and you can see blankness wash over their fucking face and it's like well why do you want to treat me that way you know yeah. what I'm saying? if you won't pull that trick on the rental office, why do you think it's okay to dodge responsibility because you're one with the universe and you're just going with what the earth? Well, the earth told you wrong. Like the earth told you to do something wrong. I need you to apologize because the earth told me to tell you that you, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I hate that shit. And again, like we've watched episode on episode on episode of her just condoning the shit that Jada has done. And it's like family. Uh, it, it's the same thing for all of these things that we talk about at a point in time. Kanye, um, who else do I want to fuck? The baby, Meek Mill. Who is who is really y'all's real nigga in y'all's corner saying, yo? Right, like, what are we doing? Cut the fucking shit, fam. And like, I, I, I think it's her mama. Her mama sit right there at the table with her. And like, uh, and sometimes it takes a, I, 
I think it's just, I don't know if it's the, I don't really know what to attribute it to, but we live in a time where, and it, it kind of goes into like people are, you know, listening to respond versus listening to what you say. So they kind of got shit preloaded, but we're living in a time where people aren't actually tuned into what's going on and what people are saying in order for you to form a real opinion about what the fuck that they just said. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So like if, if, if you stand in a circle and you tell me like, if, if basically you tell me this whole grandiose story that basically is rooted in your feelings, but all I can gather at the end of the story is that you blindly quit your job and you don't have any fucking money so that you can't pay your rent, I'm still going to call you a dumbass. I don't care if you told me <laughs> that me the that's somebody's wrote. Yeah, like the story is the story regardless of the picture is the picture regardless of how you painted it. To quote me on that one. I don't care if you started with the sky or the grass. The picture is the picture. Still you picture. feel me? So. Whatever, if the Mona Lisa is the Mona Lisa, I don't care how the nigga started painting it. It came out how it came out. So, like, you got it's, it go back to, you know, the accountability where we talk about it all the time accountability, responsibility, and somebody like got to be that person. Because again, I, I go back to a personal experience of mine, and this ain't even like somebody who I can say, but this is somebody who I like. This is an adult that I don't want to say I grew up under, but like I've known her my entire life. And me and her daughter ended up dating at one point in time, you know, went through the whole shit. But like, I, she was one of those people you could tell like her personality was her personality. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, and I'm perfectly fine with that. That is what it is, but there's also a time and a place for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I want you to always be yourself, but some, some things aren't necessary at certain points in time. And like some shit had happened and like everybody else who's like, I guess used to that or used, used to being around that and not giving no opposition was just kind of like, you know, move, move about the cap like that. Matter of fact, to go back to, you know, kind of the text I sent you about the whole The Truman Show, like, psh, it will blow your fucking mind if you watch it now, dog. But, like, everybody just got back to moving like nothing even happened. Like, the part mm-hmm. in the movie where he, like, screams and nobody even moves. And he's like, I'm like, yeah, because they just, you, fam, you are the star. Like, nobody's supposed to react to what the fuck you're doing. But, like, people live this way. Like, nobody's supposed to respond negative to anything that they're doing. So when you're the person that jumps out the window and creates that opposition, you look like an aggressor almost sort of kind of, mm-hmm. but I don't give a fuck. You wrong. Like, and that's exactly how that situation went down. The shit went down. Everybody was key, key, key. La- I, I, nah, not in my presence. I bet you not finna act proud <laughs> that you just did that. Cause that shit was yeah. some bullshit for you to be an adult. Like, and I you, turned into a much bigger thing. And I don't, but like at that point, I don't care. And it takes sometimes to be that person to be like, no, that was some fucking bullshit. Yeah, that was some like, that was some and, and how y'all like, letting yeah. it ride? Like y'all, y'all letting crazy. it ride? Like if I got to be the nigga look crazy and that's why I always, I, I will stand alone and look crazy. I don't care about that. That don't bother me none. Like I, I'm different. I'll be that. I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? But like some, sometimes somebody has to be. And, and again, like I say about personality, there's time and place for that. There's time and place to be the person to create the opposition. Everything ain't your battle to fight neither. But when it's yeah, some shit yeah. that, that might make you look like a certain type of way in the light at the end of it. Nah, you need to stand on that 10 to- And then, like I said, I don't even want to get into details, but like it's, if there's mutual friends of ours that are involved in this story, you know what I'm saying? That I even had to like double back, like, Hey, nah, I don't appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm don't you go on about your day. I'm a hold it down. You ain't never got what, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it goes back to the whole love, loyalty, respect conversation. We had a couple weeks ago. I'm a hold it down regardless I'm going to hold it down. So, you know, just being consistent across the board. I like to, you know, be that guy. For sure. Uh, with with the Jada Pinkett thing, man, I, I was trying to, like, bounce around in my own mind. Like, if it was up to me to fix it, how would I even try to go about it? And, like, the furthest I got in my own imagination was, like, what if Barack Obama, 
Like, what if Barack and Big Booty Shelley Obama sat down with Jada Pinkett and they tried to correct her? I don't even think she'd listen to them. Because I, I think that she would even view them as like, you're from a different world than me. You know what I mean? Like, you have this, like, pretend facade that you have to upkeep. So you can't really speak to me on a level of real because I'm too real for what y'all even talking about. Like, I really don't even think they could talk to nah. Jada Pinkett because if your mama can't tell you shit, then Obama can't tell you shit. You know she, what I mean? She definitely look like um, she only listening to somebody uh, with tarot cards. <laughs> If you don't have tarot cards, then I can't. Then you don't have nothing to tell her. Like you have to be able to talk to her from another realm to even be able to kick her. Some like, shit. and that's what she I'm knows like, I hate, everything. Yeah, I hate like the world. I hate that that's even interesting. But like from a just from a real life standpoint, I would love to know how how those um, how you handle that situation. Being like Will Smith, where like I don't give a fuck how many different people you talk to to figure out what's wrong with you. You have to recognize that your wife is a part of the problem. Yeah. And I'm I'm I don't want to say I'm a fan of this, but I've dealt with this in my personal life. So I'm always into and like vice versa. I'm not I'm not I don't want to make it seem like the man always gotta be like Right. I'm always like, checking so, her. She can check me. Yeah, she can absolutely check me. Like and I need her to. Song, I think he said, When I you know, I like when you check me. That shit kind of sexy, whatever the fuck he said. But like, nah, real shit. Like if you gotta like get with me, then you gotta get with me. But like I'm always a fan of how people handle certain situations. And again, not to get into too much of my business, but like, you know, I talked about kind of the spat that I had with my dad. And like, I had to tell him inside of that conversation, like, yo, give me the shoes. Let me put the shoes on. Like, had it been me, mine would have been on the phone sooner than later trying to rectify the situation versus, you know what I'm saying, letting mold grow. Because now mm-hmm. we in dirty, dirty. We, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now the clothes stink. Everything we got to rip up the whole carpet. We got to redo the whole floor and now. now. We got to donate all this shit. <laughs> all of this shit. Can't none of this shit live here no more. Uh, one more thing before we get out of here, bro. And this probably is the worst <laughs> topic to end on, but this is all we have. I need you to explain to me how us, and by us, I mean me, you, and the entire culture. How did we let Mystical catch his third sexual he, charge in less than 10 years. Like, how has Mystical caught three? You, I don't know. I don't know how charges. Familiar, I don't know how familiar you are with the, with in the 10 power years. Series. Yeah, I don't know how familiar you are with the power series, but if you remember the episode when 50 Cent said, Hey, whatever they said that nigga did, he did that. He shit. did that shit. That is where Mystical is at this no, point. No, Mystical like, did that shit. Like, he, and then, like, it just. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. And I know, you know, lyrics are, you know, a thing on the docket, you know, for niggas get, but like, this is the same nigga that said, I came in with my dick in my hand. And all I had to say earlier was, sir, this is a daycare. You need to put your dick away because it's not acceptable here. And like, I just don't think, you know, we can overlook shit like that. He's very aggressive. Like, I forget what song it was, but I'm so shocked that there's a radio version of this verse. Well, dog, well, lyrics matter, right? And I almost forgot this point when we was cussing out Will Smith a couple minutes ago. Like, as a Will Smith fan, a lifelong Will Smith fan, and we'll, we'll get back to musical in a second. As a lifelong Will Smith fan, it has always bothered me. Even before he has become a clown in media, when he was still a media darling, and I love this nigga. It mm-hmm. always bothered me in Big Willie style when the nigga said, I would take a cigar, it's for the look, I don't light it. And he paused and let the beat breathe <laughs> on that bar. And that always used to bother me like, so you think fronting is cool? Like you let that bar breathe, like having an unlit cigar in your mouth, knowing you don't smoke, 
and openly talk, rapping about it like it's cool. It's cool to you? Like that lyric has always bothered me. It's for the look. I don't like it. Rap is wrestling. You cool with you cool with fronting dog? It's wrestling, fam. So like that bothers me in the same way. Like you saying, like, you know, Mystical trying to tell us, Will Smith trying to tell us, and of course the king of trying to tell us is R. Kelly. Everybody tries to tell us, dog. And it's just like Mystical. I remember when Mystical went to jail for the charges and got out. He and that's you got what new I was charges, dog. That's what I was about to say. I think I don't want to say niggas gave Mystical a pass, but like I think we appreciate and I, this sounds terrible. I think we appreciated what Mystical uh offered to us in hip hop for you know what his offerings, whatever his offerings you well, can Been so long is a good jam. You know what I'm saying? So like I think how do I want to put this? I think Be because careful. like he's a dumbass criminal and he was getting caught in real time. Niggas is like, oh well, they got your ass, bro. Go sit down. Like, all right, you got caught, you come out. But then you just keep doing the same shit, bro. It's like, I think niggas lost faith and they stopped paying attention to you. So now when niggas hear about Mystical getting wrapped up for the third time, it's like, well, yeah, that nigga did that shit. Like, lock his ass up forever. Like, we don't care no more. And what kind of boggles my mind is like, we he's had three charges again, like I said, but we almost never know the details of these charges. Mm-mm, you know mm-mm. what I'm saying? Like, we hear that he has an accuser but you, yeah, but and there the- was a situation and then he goes to jail. Yeah, but, but we right never now, really get the full deep. Like we never know what mystical did. We never know the story. And I'm not saying that to say like, oh, we don't know what happened, bro. You gotta be careful. No, he did that shit. But it's just it's it's curious to me that the full story never gets out when yeah. it comes to mystical. Like whatever. Okay, we know you got rape charges, but tell me the story. Like tell like did you just bust in the bitch house and like start taking her jogging bands now? Or was you on a date and you couldn't yeah. t- say no? Because all of that shit matters to me. Like, I want to know the nature of your crime so I can know how to deal with you. But that's how you know it's bad because he don't come out and say, like, man, I just kept this bitch in the room because she was tripping. Yeah, she, was yo, she, was, like, she hit me in the yeah. face. So I stood yo, in front of the door yeah. and then they got me with yeah. kidnapping. Like, yeah, nah, right, now, right now this nigga's batting 1,000 for, <laughs> for getting arrested, going to court, and going to jail for rape charges, fam. Like, they apparently they're doing their due. He's not getting locked up because he's mystical, the rapper. He is getting locked up because he's, because doing, he's you know, doing things the bitches like, he can't do. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't, I don't know how else to say that. So, like uh, again, he's batting a thousand. I, I'm almost positive he is going to hit a home run this time when he goes back. We probably yeah, will never be mystical ever again. Because, fam, even if you're using like your spider senses and you're using your sage and you're reading your tarot cards and you're just trying to get a feel for what you think you might believe, right? When this shit comes out about mystical, even though we don't know the stories, or at least I don't know the stories, there might be somebody listening to this that did they dig in and found out the stories, but it's just like, when I hear what happens with mystical versus, remember when when Tupac went to jail between uh, Me Against the World and All Eyes Mm -hmm. on Me? Mm -hmm. And when he served his time, we all kind of was like, damn, bro, that bitch did Tupac dirty. Like, we all kind of knew Tupac ain't really do that shit, but he couldn't really prove that shit up off of him, so he had to go Mm -hmm. sit down. Like, nobody looked at Tupac as like, ugh, nigga, you a nasty nigga to take pussy. It was just like, bro, you did some drunk shit, and you couldn't prove yourself otherwise, so you got to go sit down. The mystical shit is like, nah, dog. Like, I don't even think it's anywhere close to that. Like, I think I think mystical will be grabbing bitches, bro. What's up with mystical, I mean, man? I, th- I think he be grabbing bitches, too. But see, that's also why I say stay out of them white folk system, because some shit that you did that might be like, if you could explain that regularly to a nigga on the street, sounds normal as hell. Like, 
yo, like I went to my car, a nigga tried to grab me. He had a knife. Like I flung him off the car and I ended up hitting him. Now I'm in jail for uh, assault with a deadly weapon. Like what the fuck? Like that sounds way crazier than what the actual story is. But like, yeah, that that nigga mystical is a hide in the bushes predator in my <laughs> right. He's a legit predator, yeah. and, and not for nothing. I hate doing this, but sometimes to tell you what you need to know, bro. The mug shots tell a lot when you see him, bro. You see that recent mystical mug shot? He don't look like here we go again, or damn, no. I gotta fight this shit. He he looked like they got me. I'm back. He looked like I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> so I mean, I say all that to say. Bumping me against the wall sounds way different now. Yeah. Yes, this see? has been the Dipped and Butter program. We appreciate y'all listening to our nonsense, helping us figure shit out, uh, helping us carry groceries in the house. Whatever it is y'all do for us, we appreciate what y'all do for us, even if it's just push and play. Uh, my name is Kat. You can check out my stuff at uh, Dipped in Butter, wherever podcasts are found, I guess, bro. Um, I can't do, I can't promote the cereal channel because I ate one piece of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I was like pouring a bowl for Cameron. And like, you know how you pour it in there and you look like, damn, that look kind of all right. And I put one in my mouth and my stomach was just rolling in knots for three and a half hours. Yeah, it'll, it'll tell you, that's for sure. Um, it's your boy, West No Tea, um, and all that other shit that you know me for. Um, the countdown is on, so uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you right now. I'll figure out something to say. You're... Hey, you know, if we move the show from a Tuesday to a Thursday, you know what happened. Uh, like I say, each and every week, the universe is way too big for your little ass problems. And the dumpster is way too big not to put your clothes in there. <laughs> man, donate them fucking clothes to Goodwill, man. You don't need them shits no more. I love you, babe. I'm not in trouble, am I? <laughs> Rule number one round here. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Not only about the podcast, but uh, if you're going to panhandle, be honest about it. You're more likely to get my dollar, um, especially if you're Jesus. Um, and then rule number two, mind your motherfucking business. <laughs> yes, sir. We'll catch y'all on the next one. You have officially been dipped.